Good evening, this is Mandy Bellings with KSOM and KS95 News. The Taylor County Sheriff's Office says 69-year-old Ellis Earl Halk of Kellerton was sentenced Tuesday to two consecutive sentences of 25 years in relation to his arson and attempt to commit murder convictions. Hauk was additionally sentenced to three 10-year sentences on the other three charges. The 25-year sentences ran consecutive will require Hauk to spend a mandatory 35 years in custody without the chance to parole. Hauk was found guilty by a jury of his peers in Taylor County on August 3rd. He was convicted on charges of arson in the first degree, attempt to commit murder, willful injury causing serious injury, burglary in the first degree, and criminal mischief in the first degree. The charges stem from a house fire at 1871 Orange Avenue in Bedford on November 20th. The female occupant exited the home and was treated by Taylor County EMS prior to being airlifted to a burn center for treatment of serious injuries. Ellis Houck was located and arrested in Texas. Montgomery County Board of Supervisors Chairman Mike Olson reported some not-so-good news on Tuesday after attending the Iowa Association of Counties informational meeting. The Iowa legislature voted overwhelmingly to cap the revenue of all 99 counties. What we're looking forward to is incredible. And last year, by taking the first shot because they made a mistake of $187,000 out of our budget, Capping our our rate at three five for general and three nine five for uh, uh, rural. Um, what else? Oh, and then and then capping revenue because you can only go you you can only grow three percent per year. That's the maximum. Olson said if a county does not fall between the three point five and three point nine, the county would fall back to two percent. Olson says the key is to keep growth under three to get the three percent. He said this is just the tip of the iceberg. Sounds like next year, this next year when we do our budget, there'll be no budget hearing. We have to send a mailing out to every person. If we pass, if we were to pass a bond issue that was above $525,000, another mailing has to go out and inform every taxpayer of what we're doing. And each mailing is around, what, 5,700? Olson said in Iowa, 30 counties have a higher rate levy than 3.5 and 3.95 per $1,000 evaluation. He says they call them the dirty 30 at the state house. We talked to, Joe and I talked to a guy one night, on Tuesday night, till about 11 o'clock about this, and he said there are very few counties that can take a a levy rate of 4.5 and drop that to 3.5 in four years. They can't do it. They'll have to just gut their county services. So this is going to be really, really interesting to see uh, exactly what goes on. Supervisor Charlotte Schmid says the legislation happened so fast the Iowa Association of Counties couldn't explain it and how the process will work. What's our recourse? There is none. What's our, our line of action? I mean, uh, we reach out to our legislators. Well, I've already done that. They all vote. I was told that, that, that our representatives and our senators didn't vote for it, but we were told 718 and one descending vote in both the House and Senate. So it, it passed with flying colors. The recourse is, is to vote these people out. County Auditor Jill Ozuna says this new legislation also affects urban revitalization and TIF. 
The Audubon School Board on Monday night discussed the activities fund and how it might be affected if the district would offer free admission to students for all school activities. Superintendent Eric Traeger said some neighboring districts offer students free admission to school activities. We do see the benefits of that, but we also see the um, costs associated with doing that. Traeger placed some information in front of the board on Monday to give them a preliminary look at the athlete's account. He says specifically what that account looks like and where the district is post-COVID in that account. Um, and then we had a good discussion on you know, some of the benefits of having our students be able to get into activities for free. So, you know, the um, board asked for more information and, you know, obviously nothing will happen this year, but um, they do want to, you know, kind of explore that for next year and, and see if that's something that we want to pursue as a district. So we had a good discussion on that. In other business, Traeger was happy to report hiring four associate positions. He said the district was short on those positions. They made some changes to the pay structure, which he feels helped to fill those positions. The Atlantic City Council on Tuesday passed the second reading of an ordinance entitled Parks and Recreation Advisory Commission waived the rules for the third reading to make the ordinance official. The commission replaces the now-dissolved Parks and Recreation Board. Regarding the Parks and Recreation Advisory Commission, Atlantic Mayor Grace Garrett asks those interested in serving on the commission to please bring a letter of interest in a sealed envelope to City Hall. The deadline for accepting letters will be October 6th at 4.30. Please list your contact information, why you want to serve on this commission, and any experience you have working with parks or volunteer experience. This will be a working and volunteering for events commission. If you have any questions, call City Hall for clarification or further details. The mayor and city council will work together to form this commission. Mayor Garrett did not set a timeline for creating the commission. Councilman Gerald Brink admitted dissolving the Parks and Recreation Board caused some controversy, but he is optimistic about the future of this commission. Yeah, even though there's been a lot of controversy, I think that when this all washes out, yes. it's going to end up being a real positive for our community. The commission will consist of three people living within Atlantic City limits two Cass County residents, and one non-voting high school student. The terms would start as three one-year and two-year terms for the first year. After that, the terms will all be two years. Atlantic Splash Pad Fundraising Committee co-chair Jeremy Butler, appearing at the City Council meeting on Tuesday, said the committee has $257,906 in the bank, $21,000 on its way, and $18,500 in signed pledges for 2024, totaling $297,406 raised for the project. Butler said he is confident the committee will reach the $300,000 level by the end of the month. Atlantic has been unbelievable. Um, I'm just so proud to be from this community. They've stepped up over and over and over. Um, we can't say that we're on the downhill slide yet. We have to keep our foot on the gas because uh, we, we need to get 300000 is the magic number. Butler said once they hit $300,000, it will open many of the grants. He says many of the larger ones are finishing grants, meaning they want to ensure the project will happen before committing. So that 50 to 60 percent is, is where a lot of those grants hit, but 50 percent is, is the magic number that'll, that'll help us uh, receive a lot of that grant money. Butler said currently the committee has applications out for some of the smaller grants that do not have those stipulations. The total cost of the project is a little over $600,000. You know, we're going to keep 
right on trucking. Uh, we're going to pretend like there's not another dime coming in, which we know that there will be, but um, we, we've just got to keep going. There are so many more things. You know, if, if it, it would be great if we raised too much money, Tom. There, <laughs> there are so many other things that we can do out there. Um, whether it be, uh, we, we'd love to have a dry playground. So they, they call it dual play where, you know, um, kids can go back and forth between, between the, the plastic playground, like you've seen the, in the rest of our parks, as well as, as to the splash pad. Um, one expense that would be involved in that is you don't want tire chips or mulch or anything like that, pea gravel. Um, that they're going to be dragging back onto the pad. So we would do the pour and play surface underneath that. Meanwhile, there are many ways to donate to this project. Checks can be made payable to the City of Atlantic, splash pad on the memo, and dropped off at City Hall. Checks can be made out to shift ATL with splash pad on the memo and dropped off at the chamber during business hours. Or you can Venmo at shift ATL dash splash pad in the comments with a mailing address. Using your credit card or PayPal account, you can also donate directly from the Shift ATL website. You can also visit the website AtlanticIowaSplashPad.com. For businesses wanting to support this project at a sponsorship level, donations over $10,000 include the opportunity to purchase a specific water feature on the pad and have your name, family name, or business on the feature. Menden Fire and Rescue is one of more than 272 rural fire departments to receive a grain rescue tube and training through Nationwide's Grain Bin Safety Campaign. HTS Ag nominated the local responders with the Menden Fire and Rescue to receive this award. On September 16th, the Menden Fire Department received the grain tube and training. Frank Olmsted, Marketing Director for HTS Ag, says OP Grain Management alerted his company about this specialized training from the National Education Center for Agricultural Safety through Nationwide's Grain Bin Safety Advocacy Campaign. This was a special event to be a part of. Getting a local fire department with grain rescue tube is essential for the safety of our agricultural community. Men and Fire and Rescue is in a great place to provide assistance to several other local communities in rescue efforts uh, and have a group of volunteers that are capable and willing to be there in times of need. According to the press release, Nationwide's Grain Bin Safety Campaign began in 2014 to bring awareness to the hazards of entering grain structures and equip fire departments with the resources needed to respond effectively. At least seven fire departments have put the tubes and training to use to save the lives of workers trapped in grain bins. More news online at westerniowatoday.com. I'm Eddie Bellings with KSOM and KS95 News.